Welcome to the Straight Out of Home Video Podcast, part of the Geeky Waffle Network. In honor of Mermaid, we're talking about the Little Mermaid series. I'm Candace, and with me is Arzu. Hey, Arzu. Hello. Okay, so I was like, okay, we can watch a few episodes. We'll decide what we'll see. And Arzu's like, no. We're going to watch all 31 episodes of the Little Mermaid series, and we did. First of all, in my defense, how do you pick of the 31 episodes? Second of all, they're 20 minutes. And third of all, I think if we had decided to just watch bits and pieces, we probably would have watched a bit from season one and then the ones we remember from season two and just completely skipped season three, which now having seen it would have been a mistake. Yes. Okay, so The Little Mermaid premiered in the fall of 1992 with the animated primetime special called Whale of a Tale. We'll talk more about Whale of a Tale in a bit. So then it moved to Saturday mornings. The series ran on CBS from 1992 to 1994. It was not part of Disney Afternoon like you would think. It was all CBS. This is the third Disney television series to be spun off from a major animated film. However, it's the first to be an actual prequel sequel directly from the movie because before we had the new Avengers of Winnie the Pooh and Tailspin, which took characters, but they weren't quite like, it wasn't part of an ongoing story like The Little Mermaid. When you say not part of an ongoing story, you mean it's not part of the movie story? Yeah, the movie story. Because it had its own internal story. It just wasn't related to the movie. Yeah, so the premise is it's set between... Actually, I don't even, we're not even going to count the prequel. It's set before the movie, the 1989 Little Mermaid movie. And it tells the adventures of Ariel with Flounder and her other friends and her adventures under the sea. So I'm going to spill the tea a little bit right now. Okay. The animators of the original feature film were upset that their work was being trivialized by limited animation and a foreign, oh, that sounds racist, a foreign animation Yeah. Their words, not yours. Yeah. Which, oh, no, that doesn't feel good. I feel like as a creator, I would be more upset that the series is creating a ton of plot holes for the movie I worked on. That's very true. It, not plot holes. What, what word am I looking for? Continuity errors. There's a lot of continuity errors. Yeah, and changing the characters. So Ariel is such an idiot in this series. Which, I guess she's like 14, 15 in this series. Okay, but... Before movie how many times can you learn the same lesson i'm just gonna jump into the plot for a second how many times does a sketchy looking fish have to lie to you about something and then you wholeheartedly believe them and then you learn your lesson fine that's what's happening in the series but then when a sketchy looking octopus tells you to sign a thing so she can give you legs and you can go to the human world for three days you've been lied to by like 18 sketchy fish at this point like i feel like you need to be a tiny bit more critical now you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't think Ariel in the movie is stupid for doing what she did. I think the movie in a vacuum, yeah, she's 16. She made a rash decision. But in retrospect now, with this three seasons of a series where Ariel is just being lied to constantly, then it makes the movie look worse. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. What do you remember of this series from your childhood, Arzu? I had a couple of the tapes. Some of them were just like the Little Mermaid series. I think a couple were in that Princess Collection series. I don't know if you remember that. Um, So I know I saw the one with the bracelet. 
I know I saw the one with Gabriella, who we're going to talk about. I definitely saw the Hans Christian Andersen episode. Whale of a Tale I saw. And there were like a couple, the, the one with the sea dragon. Like there were a few were like the visuals. Do you mean seahorse? No, the sea monster who lives in the cave and doesn't have any friends. Yeah, and he wants to have a dinner party. Yeah, like the vision. Yeah, I remember that one too. I don't didn't remember any of the music. The music is decidedly not a bop. I remember the Sea War song being a bop to me as a kid, but of course I was an idiot then because I was like four. (laughs) I have like a really good memory for music I heard as a kid. Like when we did Adventures in Wonderland, like the the two episodes that I had the VHS for when I rewatched them to do the episode here, I remembered the song. Like I was singing along with it, but. Nothing from this. I actually forgot it was a musical until she started singing. So Yeah, there's there's just a handful of songs in the whole entire series. Yeah, sorry. It's not like a conventional musical. Just some episodes have a yeah. song in them. What Arzu and I were shocked about was the pilot episode is missing from Disney+. Plot. The complete series is on there, except that one episode. And I found out that even when it was on CBS, it never got replayed afterwards. That's it so was on weird. the VHS. What is up with it? Okay, so the... It's it probably still on tape. I remember seeing the tape. I might have had the so, tape. I don't know, but I remember yeah. seeing it. It's pretty much what Ariel does is finds a creature and takes care of it. And then the creature goes away because it can't be in the series the entire time. So it's a killer it's a whale. whale. She finds a killer whale. Yeah. yeah. And Spot even comes back later in the series. So I'm like, if you're a kid watching this and you're like, I don't know him. I feel like as a kid, you just roll with the punches. You're like, okay, because yeah, I, I feel like we were so used to missing episodes yeah. of stuff. Because like, if you just happen to not be home that day, then you don't catch your show and you just pick it back up the next time you watch it. Yeah. So, but yeah. Still cannot find an answer why it's missing. I don't. Cannot find it. But if you click over there, you can watch it in five minute chunks if you look it up. Oh, yeah, it's on YouTube. All right, so let's talk about the new characters of the series. Okay. Archon is an Orphan Boy. He's played by Danny Cooksey, who was in Different Strokes. And I'm wondering, was he just created to appeal to boys? Yeah. Because, yeah, is that it? 100%. That's it. Because Ariel has six sisters. And the majority of the series, the sisters are not in. There's like one episode, really, where one of them is featured. One or but, two. But like, yeah. so they like populate the background, but I, I like that they actually had a little bit of time. Yeah, I wish there was there. more, though. Me too. I, was like, oh. I think if it was being made now, they probably would feature the sisters a little more heavily, but I don't know. I guess yeah. that's one thing they did that does track is that if she's not super close with her sisters and there's nobody to stop her from going to Ursula. You know what? If Urchin was around in the movie, he might have stopped her. But Urchin was out that day. Yeah, where was Urchin? Because... Yeah, because he's been practically adopted. There's a Father's Day episode and he even buys something for Trident. And Trident's like, you're not my son, but like, I feel like you're part of the family. But the line is like, you're not my son. I'm like, that's like unnecessarily. Yes. That was like, wow, you could have worked like He thinks of you like a son. You're practically family. And he's like, Archon, you're not my son. I'm like, he knows that. Like, damn. Yeah, he's an orphan. He knows that's part of the orphan thing. But I just love, like, there's six children and Trident more with Urchin than you do his other daughters. Also, Ariel really wanted a boy. Yeah, that's why they had seven. That, yeah, that's why they had so many kids who were really trying for a boy. 
Errol always with Triton. Like, Triton's never with his other children. I wonder if maybe he is. Like, he hangs up with his other kid while Ariel is off being <laughs> tricked by sketchy fish. That's true. Yeah, we don't see everything. This is just about, like, This is just Ariel. Ariel's point of view. So, the next character we talked about before, G- Gabriella, who was actually based on a real little girl who was a fan of the show, who died during the first season. Oh. Yeah. She's in two episodes. The first episode is Wish Upon a Starfish. She's heard the story that if you wish upon a certain starfish, your wish comes true. And the, she wishes that she could sing because she feels like she can't express herself. She uses sign language. She has a like an octopus friend who's super cute named Ollie who will like translate for her. And Ariel's like, I feel like it's very rude. Ariel's like, I wish I had legs so I could dance. And I'm like, Gabrielle's like, I can't speak or hear. <laughs> like the perspective, Ariel. Yeah. But they bond over this like dancing figure, like a wind up dancing figure. And Ariel's like, I want to dance like that. And I'm like, you can twirl with a fin, but okay. And then they take it to the starfish so Ariel can have her legs and Gabriella can get her voice. And the starfish can't do either of those things. Very Wizard of Oz. It's like the power was in you all along. Ariel sings a song about like how they can express themselves their own way. They learn learn a lesson and they're happy. And they like dance together and that's how they express themselves. Yeah. It's cute. I loved it. It is is one of the episodes I remember from from being same. She was a favorite. But next is Evil Manta. I'm so scared to bring him up. So he's voiced by Tim Curry, which you can just imagine. You know, which you can tell, even if you don't read the credits, you can tell it's Tim Curry. Yeah, that's the one person you don't have to look at. Actually, the early concepts for The Little Mermaid, Ursula was considered to be like a Manta-like. Oh. So I think they might have they pulled a Star Wars and conned it con- and pulled it. You know how Star Wars always like, oh, this was Chewbacca first, but we're just going to make a character in Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. I, mean, I made it about Star Wars. Of <laughs> course. Uh, no, you didn't just make about Star Wars. You made it about Rebels. That's the first thing I think about is Chewbacca. Tensa. But that's like, but that's just, a good example. Yeah. Okay. Tell us about Evil Manta, Arzu, and how so you can fix him. The Evil Manta, Ariel is conned by a, by a sketchy fish into, I think she finds like a, is this the one with the map? And then she like goes and she sees this creature in a cave and it's like, help me, let me out. And she lets out the creature and it's the evil Manta who like, yeah, goes, there's two stories like that, but there's two, <laughs> but there's one with the Manta and it's like, help me. And with these evil glowing eyes and Ariel's like, okay, because Ariel's an idiot in this series. I really love Ariel. It's just in this series. I'm like, honey. And then she lets the Manta out and the Manta goes around hypnotizing everybody to make them racist. Yeah, they're all like, a mermaid and fish can't be friends. But we do get a, like a really cute little flashback of like little Ariel and Flounder meeting, which I love. Yeah. I don't which like... I, think, I feel like I saw this episode growing up too because that part looked familiar. Mm-hmm. It was super cute. It was like 10-year-old Ariel. Yeah. I like that a lot better than the third Little Mermaid movie where they meet when she's like already a teenager. Yeah. Because I feel like they have that like childhood best friend bond. Yeah, as opposed to, like, we just met. Yeah, like, within the year or something. Oh, my gosh. So, in the first season, there is Mobster Lobster, who is a lobster, who literally is a mobster. It's all there in the name. And he talks like a the gangster stereotype. He's like, see, huh? Like that. Like, <laughs> 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 
I think he has like urchin. He gets urchin in front of his gang for a bit. Yeah, the first. Yeah, because he goes yeah. into urchin's cave and he's like, "We're sticking a claim, see?" And he's like, "And Ariel's Ariel like comes by. She's like, hey, these are bad guys. Don't trust them.' And I don't know. And then they try to kidnap her because that's what you do. She's been kidnapped. She's been through so much that I'm like, I don't understand how you go into Ursula's lair and go. This seems legit. Yeah, we're gonna talk a little bit. More we're gonna talk about Ursula. Ursula. Yeah, because she's in this show. Oh my god, Ursula's in this. Okay, so the next is he's only in one episode. It's Hans Christian Andersen, who is the author of The Snow Queen as well as The Little Mermaid. And Arsu blew my mind when she texted me and said he is voiced by Mark Hamill. And the minute you know that, you can't unhear it. It's I am shocked. So this is the episode called The Metal Fish, where Hans goes in a literal metal, like, ship. It's a submarine. Uh, Yeah, a submarine. A submarine with his cat. Because that's what you do. Yeah. And Ariel has to get her dad to help him because he's going to die. I don't remember what happens. The metal fish, like, part submarine, but it's not, like, self-propelled. It's like a diving bell. So it goes down on its own and it gets stuck and it pops a screw. So water starts pouring in, which is a whole pressurization nightmare, but we're not going to go there. So they're like slowly losing oxygen. And she's with her merman friend. Is his name Archimedes? Yes. Oh, so yes. there's a whole other character called Archimedes who has been like exiled. Was like super yeah. knowledgeable about human in like an she, accurate way. Yeah. Who she doesn't go to in the movie when she has all this stuff. She goes to the scuttle. I can only assume he died, and that's why. Like, I he don't died know. Off screen? Or he, he took her and the two of them went on a trip, and that's why neither of them are in the movie. Yeah. But so her and Archimedes find this metal fish with Hans Christian Andersen in it. And he's like, when the bubbles run out, because like the air is coming out, he's like, when the bubbles run out, the human's going to die. So she's like, how do we help? So Sebastian and his little troop of crab scouts, which are like boy scouts or girl scouts. So cute. Uh, it's so cute, but he's got this little trio of kids like tail him around. They have this thing called Muddy Putty, and he won't let them use it to like cut corners on the crafts that they're supposed to do. But they're like, we patch up the fish, it'll stop the air from coming out. So they do that. And Archimedes, who knows a ton about how oxygen works, is like, this is a temporary fix, and he's going to suffocate eventually. So King Triton shows up. Is so lucky that this merman is there. Like he's the only one who knows what's going on. So. Triton shows up and does the scariest, most dramatic, like, flourish with his trident and blasts on Christian Anderson out of the water. Okay. And then, like, Hans is fine, and he's like, wow, mermaids are real. And then he writes the story of the little mermaid. And I'm like, I feel like if there was one mermaid that was just peeking at me through the window and a whole other mermaid that whipped out a trident and shot me out of the water, that's probably the one I'd remember and write a story about. Who am I to judge? So, although maybe he didn't see... No, he did see Triton, didn't he? I think so. Yeah, so... Cap did. <laughs> yeah. That was a weird episode. But, but it's cute. Like, the episode ends with Ariel on the rock, like, watching him read this story to kids as she's sitting the way, like, the Little Mermaid statue looks in Denmark. And, like, it's cute. Yeah. There's, like, narration out of nowhere. Be like, go to your local library to read the story of the Little Mermaid. I'm like, oh my gosh, so many children are going to be traumatized. Why? I wasn't traumatized. Because if you don't know, like, the original ending. Oh, I thought you meant traumatized by the voiceover. I was like, oh, cool. 
this was a real guy. And I just like moved on. No, no yeah. When I read the original Little Mermaid, I was like, what the hell? Yeah, because you just think Disney is whatever. Thought that was how it went. Actually, really before great. we get to season three, I want to talk a little bit about Sebastian. Okay. And what is causing panic attacks? I've I've never felt more for Sebastian. I thought he was annoying in the series as a kid, but now I'm like, he's always so close to a mental break. And sometimes he does have one. And I'm like, dude, I get it. Do you know how many jobs this guy has? He, okay, I wrote some of them down. He's a troop leader, like we said. He is the conductor of some bands. He is the royal mermaid mover, which he's there to get the princesses ready for the carnival. He says all this stuff. He's a royal disposer. He was in charge of getting rid of a human boot, which they all thought was cursed. He's a royal ambassador, which that makes sense. He wasn't that great at, but he tried. He's also their teacher. So I get why he's a little stressed. He has a lot of like hats. He's also the advisor to Trident. There's an episode where Sebastian's parents come to visit and you realize he told them that he's the king of Atlantica. And in retrospect, I'm like, he does so much in this kingdom. I'm like, he is running this place, though. So he doesn't say he's the king. He says he's in charge of this, in charge of that. And they jump to the conclusion that he's the king. Okay. But they're not wrong. Because tr- first of all, King Triton isn't doing anything all day. Second of all, things keep going wrong under his rule. I'm like, but you don't do anything else because Sebastian takes care of all that. So I feel like you're really bad at your job. Triton is, I don't know. It's just he's like struggling. He's he's hardcore struggling. There's so many episodes with him and just Ariel butting heads, and I'm just like, y'all learn nothing. I guess that does set up their relationship in the movie and why he went from zero to a hundred and broke all her stuff. Yeah, but the thing is that they seem to learn a lesson every time, and then yeah. they forget the lesson, which I understand as a kid show human relationship, have, like, mermaid, mermaid relationship. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay, speaking of which, we find out that the mermaids are part human. Because Ariel say, like, oh, we're part human. Which yeah, I was like, what? In the episode. Yes, I was well, like, that just... Hello. The implications of that. Yeah, I'm like, how did that happen? Wait, I don't want to know. Who was the first human? <laughs> it, there's a what? lot of lore kind of stuff. Which includes, oh, like... old experimentation went on there. Yeah, there's a lot of octopus people. I forget what they're called. Remember they're in that the Apollo episode? No. Okay. They're like, they look like Ariel. I'm not Ariel. They look like Ursula. Ursula's not the only one of her kind. I'm going to apologize for the Kraken thing because that definitely comes from a subgenre of romance that's not. Oh, God, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. But I also, if they all look like Ursula, don't think I'm entirely wrong. Yeah. Okay. Like we said, Arzu and I were only really familiar from episodes from season one and two. We got to season three, and what the F happened? There's dinosaurs. There's a dinosaur episode. They go to Antarctica on vacation, and they find some dinosaurs frozen in the ice. And Ariel, because she's an idiot, is like, but what if we let them out? I bet they're cold in there, and it's girly pop. No. And let's just say they were going on vacation because Trident's trying to get away from Sebastian because Sebastian's annoying him so much by, like, doing his job. Because no wonder Sebastian's stressed out, honestly. We also get the episode where we meet Scuttle for the first time and we find out his full name is Scuttlebutt, 
which is nice to know. Oh, this is actually the second appearance, Prince Eric. Yes, he appeared in an earlier episode. Although I do think it's very clever how they make sure that they never actually see each other properly. Yeah, he's actually one of the reasons that Ariel's like, oh, humans aren't so bad because he freed a dolphin from a net. She's only ever seen the one human. Yeah. Oh my God, Islands of Fear, this episode. A mad scientist captures Sebastian and tries to use him for sinister experiments. While Sebastian bonds with his young apprentice. It's like a Frankenstein crab. Yeah, it was like a Frankenstein crab and this guy who low-key looks like Count Chocula. And they're in this castle. And I'm just like, what series am I watching? And then it ends and the mad scientist is like sitting in his little jail cell that they've locked him in his own castle. And he's like, you haven't seen the last of me, Sebastian the crab or whatever. And I'm like, have we've only got three episodes left or whatever. We find out, like, Sebastian can talk to humans because he's talking to the boy. We knew that because in Kiss the Girl, he whispers Ariel's name in Eric's ear. I know, but I thought maybe it was just, like, a few words here and there, but he's having, like, a full-blown conversation. It's just because he's got nothing to say to Eric. (laughs) Okay, that's what it is. Or it's just, this isn't canon. Okay, that's not it. I think... The Island of Fear happened because it was released in October and they were like, we need a Halloween episode because maybe CBS Mornings was having like a Halloween theme. Sure. That's what I'm assuming. Probably. But the ocean is so terrifying. That's true. You could tell any story that didn't involve Frankenstein. Like a human. Yeah. It could have been a mermaid show. Speaking of which, there is the beast within which Flounder gets bitten by a howling Hairfish and starts to turn into one. That was actually freaky, him turning into the, the fish. Yeah. I like it because Sebastian and Urgent get into this fight and they're like, I will, I'm fine with him not calling me his favorite crab anymore. And they're just like really pouty. Like, Sebastian, you're the adult in this. Sebastian is an adult in name only because he certainly doesn't act like one. I do love that he says he loves babies, he loves kids. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense why, like, Triton's like, hey, Watch my kid for me. (laughs) Raise my children for me. And then there's another episode where all of Ariel's human stuff go crazy and starts attacking fish and merpeople. And then she like seals off the cave. Yeah. I guess that doesn't last very long. I figured she just got like rid of all her stuff. (laughs) She's busy. And then we, of course, have a little evil where evil Manta returns and he has a son who wants to be good and go to art class. Yeah. Yeah. And he wants to only do bad things. His name is Little Evil. So creative. Or Little Manta. No, it's Little Little Evil, right? Okay. There is this whole premise that, okay, evil Manta captures Ariel and he has a sponge who's like, oh, I want to get the imagination from her brain. I'm going to suck the imagination from her brain. Blah, 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 blah. Little evil helps her out, gets her out. And then the sponge attacks evil Manta. Ariel kills the sentient sponge. She literally murders it with a rock. And we see Ariel murder. Good for her. I don't really feel Ursula should have been careful. Like Ursula, I should have seen it coming. To our podcast, straight out of home video. There are two direct home videos of the Little Mermaid 2, Return to the Sea, and Little Mermaid 3, Ariel's Beginning. And both, mostly three, kind of recon stuff, or they just like, who knows what's canon? 
What is canon? I prefer this to be canon over Little Mermaid 3 um, for two reasons. One, because that means Sally Field is in canon because I don't like Sally Field. And just don't like Sally Field. And also because I don't know if you remember when they announced Little Mermaid 3 and there was like that teaser trailer with the locket like falling to the depths off a ship and it was like playing aerials. They're like, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And that seemed like such a cool teaser for like a really cool movie. And then Little Mermaid 3 came out and was not. So I never got over that initial disappointment. So you were just like still mad about it. Yeah, like when I watched the movie and then it just soured the there's nothing really going on in that movie. Especially when the sequel is actually decent. Yeah. It's not the greatest thing ever, but it's still fun to watch. Got a compelling plot. Yeah. It's got some bumps. Yeah, it got some bumps. Whatever this song, the sidekick sing sing. That's a bop. Titanic Tip and Daring Dash Adventure slash Explorers. Thank you. I knew Arzu would remember that. I love that song. It's so cute. So there's an episode called Red where Triton gets tricked into turning into a kid and he's called Red. And Ariel is like so paranoid and crazy. She's like, oh no, I'm my father. And it's like what she is like in Return to the Sea. Except, I like to say, Return to the Sea, she had a legitimate fear. Threatened Melody. Yeah, so do not blame her. With harm, with actual harm. Like, she had reason to not want her to go in the sea. Okay, let's talk about Ursula. Ursula is so different. I guess they didn't want to make her seem too threatening to make it at least somewhat believable Ariel would go to her in the movie. But the fact that she doesn't know who Flotsam and Jetsam are and she doesn't really know what Ursula's deal is in the movie is weird taking this show into consideration. They did try to keep Ursula separated from Ariel most of the time, or she's not 100% sure who's doing it, but she knows, like, the human, when human stuff goes crazy, it is Ursula. I just feel like she should have known enough to ask some questions. Yeah. I feel like in the movie, she's like a myth kind of thing. To Ariel, she's heard gossip, but she's heard conflicting stories, so she's not quite sure what's true. So mm-hmm. that's why she's like, okay, you know what? I'll check it out for myself. And then Ursula just sings that bop, Poor Unfortunate Souls. And Ariel's like, yes. And Ariel's like, anybody can sing a bop like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, gotta be good, right? Yeah. So are you ready to go a little dark? Darker. So an episode. Like waffles was- after dark? No, like dark, oh. like sad. Okay. Okay. So an episode was pitched by Peter David. He put this on his blog. He's like, I understand Disney owns these characters. They're not going to go for everything. But this is the story I pitched for the series back in the day. And it is based on how Errol's mother died. Oh, boy. So it's, yeah, it was deemed too dark. So it was called Portrait of a Life. Her name is Atlanta instead of, I think it's Athena in the movie. I'm going to double check, but go on. Okay. Her name's Atlanta, and she befriends a human artist named Duncan and poses for paintings for him. Trident allows this, thinking humans aren't so bad. Trident's like, meh, about humans. However, Cole, a rival artist jealous of Duncan's success and talent, tries to kill him by letting loose an avalanche of rocks. But Atlanta, while pushing him out of the way, got crushed by the rocks herself. Trident confronts Cole, terrifying him, and he falls off of a cliff. Trident then gets mad at Duncan 
and is about to destroy him. When he hears the voice of Atlanta appearing in the clouds, asking Triton to spare him. Triton takes the unfinished painting of Duncan's of his wife and he returns to the sea to mourn. What? So that was so... I guess like Ariel Ariel would see the portrait and be like, I wonder what that story is. If they had done that for the movie, I would like the movie. That's an interesting story. But that doesn't really fit in with the whole I got grounded and can't go to the undersea carnival vibe of this show. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, that turned in kind of like Home Alone because there were like some crocodiles or alligators who were like... Yeah, it was like, it was weird, but it's very like child-friendly. I I can Mm -hmm. see why Disney turned this bitch down. That's just like, yeah, it's a lot. That is a lot. On that note, do you have a favorite episode? I think I'm biased just from like my nostalgia, but I think it's either Wish Upon a Starfish or Metalfish. How about you? Again, the nostalgia is Stormy, the seahorse one, which I just vividly remember from childhood. It's like she she gets a wild creature again. She names it Stormy. And I like the ending of the seahorse one where she's he should be out in the wild. Like we have to laugh. Yeah, I like that they didn't tame him in any way. And like, no, yeah. he doesn't belong here. Yeah. Honestly, I love any Sebastian episode watching this now. Poor Sebastian. Where he, like, there's one resigned to it where he resigns and he's just, like, trying to find, like, what he's going to do with Steph. And I'm like, I feel that, dude. It's hard when he's got, like, 17,000 jobs at the palace. What do you do? What's your favorite episode? Put it in the comments. Did you watch this as a kid? Have you watched it for the first time? Are you considering watching it now, especially the third season, which is bonkers? Yes, let us know what you think of the third season if you watch it. Did you know that Ariel knew dinosaurs? <laughs> I literally was like texting Arzu. I'm like, dinosaurs. Yeah. It's the weirdest crossover ever, really. It felt like the weirdest crossover ever. I didn't pay for it and I want my money back. Disney Plus put Whale of a Tail on. <laughs> Disney Plus put the Aladdin series on. I'm scared. <laughs> Aladdin's here. I'm also scared. Yeah. But I want yeah, it. You especially. I'm also scared, but I, I still want it. Yeah, I want to know why I should be scared. Yeah, like, let us be scared in an informed way. Okay, thank you all for listening or watching. Stay geeky.